Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am GW, and I am the Son of a Preacher. I am so happy to be talking to you again today. My dad first brought this to the pulpit on May 6, 1984, and this was one of his later sermons. So he's talking today about having open and closed minds, and is using the book of Luke, the 24th chapter, the 45th verse. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And that's the King James Version. A later version of the same, of the same verse says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So when you have a new movement that you want to get started, it doesn't really matter what that movement might be, but a huge obstacle to that movement is people that are narrow-minded or close-minded about what could or could not happen. So my dad had a preacher friend, and that friend was, was always described by his other friends and probably my dad also, as being so narrow-minded that he could hold a sheet of paper up and he'd only be able to see the edge of the paper. So this person, well, there's only one side of the story. Everything was either black or white, right or wrong. And I would think that he he always had a hard time dealing with that in any negotiation or any discussion of what the scriptures might mean. So he also called to mind an old radio soap opera that I guess he liked as as he was uh, listening to the radio because it was one that started in 1937. It was called Our Gal Sunday. And basically, it was a week after week of a soap opera and about a narrow-minded American miners in the West and then the equally narrow-minded English nobility. And the program would start with something like Can our gal Sunday, born in the mining camps in the West, find happiness married to the rich English lord? And then it would have stories week after week about how the narrow-mindedness of both sides, you know, were such a challenging thing to our gal Sunday. So bottom line on that is, you know, if you just accepted our gal Sunday for who she was and what she was there for, well, there probably wouldn't have been any or, or at least not nearly as many problems. Of course, then the radio show wouldn't have run for 14 or 15 years either, and that probably wouldn't have been good either. So Jesus, after the resurrection, he spent 40 days working with the disciples and working with people to open their minds. And that was because, well, there were those, even among his disciples, who still wanted Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom to lead an army, to to drive the Romans out of the country. And in Acts, the first chapter, the sixth verse, when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And in the ninth verse, while they beheld him, he was taken up in a cloud and they received him out of their sights. And their minds were closed. As long as he was around in a physical form, They wanted him to lead an army. Well, because their minds were closed, you really can't blame them because they felt the kingdom would be centuries in the making and that the ideas would still hold in the minds of many. And so at the Last Supper, 
There were those who wanted to be rulers of the earthly kingdom, and they hoped that the Lord would help them set that up. And the Lord, you wanted to open their minds to the new idea, and that that the kingdom was going to be a heavenly kingdom. So he assumed the role of a servant, a servant to all his disciples, and he washed their feet. And he told them, you know, that the great ones in the new kingdom would be the servants of all. And then in the garden, one of the disciples even drew a sword to protect the master from his captors. Now, many people felt that being religious could really be defined by keeping a lot of laws. You know, those laws that that rule behavior. So there were rules that they had about what and what one could eat and what one could not eat and what one should wear in the way of religious ornaments and even how far one should could walk on the Sabbath. So the Lord had a lot to do in opening their minds, to let new ideas come into their minds. And so there was a, a Scottish religious historian named William Barclay. And he said that there were really only three points that you really needed. You had the reality of the resurrection, one. You had the love expressed by the cross, two. And you had the urgency of the Gospels as the third one. So the reality of the resurrection, if you look at Acts, the first chapter and the third verse, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And that gives you the reality of the resurrection. And you had the love expressed by the cross and his opening of their minds that the cross became the illustration of the love of God. And because of that, Paul said in Galatians, the sixth chapter, the 14th verse, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. And you have the urgency of the gospel. You have the apostles who were to be witnesses around the world. And even today, when you hear the preachers and the evangelists from the other parts of the world, even other parts of the country, don't you feel the thrill of the urgency? Yes, to that, that they want to tell their story about the Lord. And in all honesty, I hope that this podcast comes through a little bit like that also. So what is the right kind of behavior? I mean, my, when my dad was a kid, I mean, grade school, junior high, high school, he went to a church where dancing and card playing and, and movies were just not supposed to be. They weren't supposed to happen. They're just not done. And... They were seen to be the work of the devil by the people in his church. But my dad knew that he had to raise a family in a modern world and that some of those constraints were just not reasonable and that people change over time, sometimes for the good, sometimes yeah, maybe not so good. For instance, my dad pastored uh, in his early ministry in Kentucky. And in the this is in the 1930s. And he tells a story, and, and I've heard him tell this story several times. But in the Lexington, Kentucky area, which is, of course, known for the their horse racing and the lovely horse farms and stables, and near Lexington, there was a beautiful, tall, white-columned house. And the owner, who was a God-loving man, 
wanted to give the house and the land around it to the church, and specifically to be an orphanage. But the church leaders were so short-sighted that they would not accept the house because racing money had built the house. And so the man who was trying to do this good deed became angry, and understandably, and he burned the house down. Well, maybe not so understandably. And now I'm pretty sure that any church that would be offered that opportunity today would not hesitate in accepting the offer. So it is hard for us to be open-minded about who we love. But Jesus works hard with us about love. And in John, the 15th chapter, in the 12th verse, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you love one another as I have loved you. So how about your love for Christ? Is your heart open or is it closed? Is it closed to the Christian disciplines? I mean, just take a look around you. Remember, my dad was in church at the time, so but you can look anywhere. Look at any group of people and take a look at their lives and know that all our work weeks are so different from one another. But it's the love of God that binds us all together. And Christ, well, Christ has forgiven us of our sins. So we try to live for him. Some do a better job than others. Maybe some even understands the love Lord, the Lord's love better. But all of us are here because of the love of God. And I hope and I pray that our minds are open enough to realize that those sitting around us, they're here because they love the Lord and the Lord loves them. So when Jesus selected his disciples, Peter, James, and John, well, they were, they were all fishermen. And Matthew was an accountant. And Nathaniel, well, Nathaniel was daydreaming under a fig tree when he was selected. So can any of us say that the love of God only, only belongs to the fishermen or the accountants or even the daydreamers? I mean, we know that God loves all of us, and we should not close our mind to the love of our Father. And he closed with this verse. And this is the verse that he probably has used more than any other verse that I've seen in his sermons. It's John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. May the Lord bless you, keep you in peace. Thanks for taking your valuable time today to listen to the musings of this son of a preacher. I hope the sermon excerpts from 40, 50 years ago proved to be both interesting and insightful. Please subscribe to this podcast. Let your friends know about this opportunity to see how the Bible and the problems of the world remain amazingly constant. New podcasts should arrive weekly, but there is currently a number of podcasts available if you wish to listen more frequently. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.